Welcome to episode three of Friends Beer Coffee, an autobiographical podcast for the hell of it. I'm your host, Joel Gretzik, aspiring outdoorsman and domain name hunter. Today's guest has been a friend of mine since sixth grade. We've seen each other through many of life's ups and downs. Cecil Pendleton III. How's it going, man? It's going good. I'm uh, a bit tired. I was trying to work, uh, like, if I want to go to the gym or not, but uh, I think I might just chill and take a recovery day today. So, But I'm, uh, I'm excited to be chatting with you. This is neat. Yeah, man. I'm I'm all for that. Um why don't you uh, introduce yourself a little bit to people who may be listening to this and don't know you. Um, who is Cecil Pendleton III, and uh, how do you kind of define yourself and what you do currently? Born and raised in Indiana, and uh, I live in Indianapolis now, and I, I'm an active person, running, biking, um, you know, working out, whether it's the gym. I recently took up uh, boxing. I'm part of a like, boxing club, so I just go and work out there a couple times a week, hitting the heavy bag. And But then I, uh, for work, for slash fun, I, I'm in the Army National Guard, and I've been doing that for 15 years now. And Wow. Um, one day I'll grow up and get a real job or something. Uh, <laughs> I still feel like I'm a little kid most of the time, but uh, so that's really cool. And I, I'm a, an engineer with the military and a urban planner. That's I have a degree in urban planning, city planning. So I try to bring those two together. A very rigid military atmosphere with community connections and try to, to work, you know, family, community life into that. And then, like, three years ago, I started, I discovered, well, you introduced me to craft beer, and I'm like, this is amazing. This is a great hobby. So uh, now I've been trying all sorts of craft beer and and then I got into scotch and uh, bourbons and just anything with cool flavors. I, I've really I like everything from dark coffee with all of its flavor notes and new scotches, new bourbons and there's so many different types of beer out there that's really exciting to find. So that's me in like seven minutes. Nice. <laughs> oh, oh, that works. I, yeah. One one key key thing I, I gotta bring up is yeah, I've been married for nine years. My I've got an incredibly supportive, amazing, and uh, wife. Her name is Rachel, and we have a house that's 125 years old. We just moved into it. Uh, in December, and we are working on fixing that up. So probably a lifetime project, but the beer comes in handy with the house projects. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I didn't realize it had been nine years. I mean, I was <clears throat> I was in your wedding, so I should know. Um, it doesn't <laughs> seem like it's been doesn't seem like it's been that long. But Abigail and I have been married over twelve. Almost twelve now. Oh, right. Close, like twelve in April, I guess. But that's just—I mean, it went by so fast. I know. I, I think the same thing. I'm like, I've been married for nine years. Gosh. But yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And uh, yeah, we've had a lot of a lot of adventures and a lot of growth. And like I said, now we've got this historic house that we're we're living in and working on. So that's a lot of fun. So did you guys, uh, talking about the house, did you just decide you guys wanted to get an older house when you started looking? I know you had that, that nicer, more recent condo. Just, I mean, more recent. I don't know if it was just uh, you know a few years old or whatnot, comparatively to this historic house that you have now. 
it's, it was obviously right. a lot less. Did you just decide, you know, let's spice it up and go to someplace new, or kind of what was the instigating factor for for moving into something different and and a, a project like like you're in now? Yeah. Well, I would say that the primary instigating factor, if you will, was Rachel was like, we need to get a yard for the dogs. I'm like, okay. And we were kind of, we, we, we'd actually moved into the condo. Uh, actually, we bought it just before we got married, like two or three months before we got married. So we had lived there for nine years and, or eight years. And it, it was, it still worked for us, but we were starting to uh, just feel caught up, you know, started feeling small. I don't say claustrophobic, but just like, oh, we've been here eight years and we're running out of room and spread out a little bit. And then we, the, the big thing was like, we really need a yard for the dogs. And so Rachel, her hobby was looking at houses for sale and looking at all the pictures and all this stuff. And she just happened to see this house. And, I mean, it was just historic, but it being historic was just a happy byproduct. But like, hey, here's this nice house. It looks nice. And it's got a big yard next to it. I was like, well, hey, let's go check it out. So we looked at it, and it was really – and it's part of, like, I wasn't interested in moving, but when we went to see the house, I fell in love with, like, the staircase and all the historic woodwork and craftsmanship in the house. I was like, this is amazing. So at that point, I was kind of on board with moving and – I was like, well, let's try to get this thing. Like, I'm not interested in moving, but if we're going to, let's go big or go home. And oh yeah, we it it just kind of happened. We were like, yeah, sure. So we put an offer on the house, and they took it. <laughs> so, so then we moved. nice because <laughs> otherwise, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, like, well, I mean, we're we'll make the townhouse work. We don't have to move right now. Um, and but then the house, the this historic house, that it just it worked out kind of thing, and that that was one of the questions. I was like, hey, like I asked Rachel, like this this is a lot to take on. Uh, it, it's 125 years old. It's much larger than our townhouse. It needs. You know, it works. We can live in it, but it needs a lot of work to really restore it right. Like, are you ready to commit to this for a lifetime? Hmm. She agreed, and I was, and so we said, let's try. And and we got it. So that was that was really exciting. Um, and now there are days that I think, what have I done? <laughs> I'm more like a chew, but, you know, just... Take it slow and you know stay focused on one small project at a time. Yeah, man, that's what you got to do. No matter how big mm-hmm. the thing is, it's it it's, it sounds cliche, but it's the whole one foot in front of the other. Like <laughs> I yeah. can do this next step. Once this next step is done, I will panic about the one after that. But for now, it's just this. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I was like, I think similarly about beer and stuff just randomly I'm like there's so much beer I can never try it all I'm like well I have this new one I'm going to enjoy it and then next week I'll find a new one (laughs) no kidding next next month uh, GABF is happening the Great American Beer Festival I feel bad because I don't know where it is I think it's in Colorado I don't know a friend of mine anyways he's a certified beer judge and there's there's less oh, than wow. 250 certified beer judges that will be at this festival. But the number of beers that they're judging will slightly surpass 8,000. Oh, my gosh. 
for this wow. year's festival. And it gives you a bit of scale for what kind of variety is out there. Many of those will be there again the following year, but also many of them are one-time run testing things that are just being entered and that's it. You know, wow. if they win something, they'll probably make it again. But if it doesn't win anything, it was a one-time try and that's about it. That's that's part of why I like Fobab so much too. There's not nearly that many different beers there, but there are you know a couple hundred brewers and breweries that are represented. So there's a lot of different beer options. And a lot of those are unique and individual um, options that you're not going to be able to get anywhere else. So, right. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and I'm excited that you're going to be there this year. That's going to be so much fun. The weekend's going to be a hell of a lot of work, but it's also going to be fun because <laughs> we're going to get to drink and we'll have some take home stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those yeah, stories we tell people. Sure. You are a runner, and I am not. We know this because uh, we've gone running a couple of times, and then I've been like, see you later, and you've kept going. Or you convinced me to do a 5K lunch, which was a lot of fun, but you had to really yeah. slow your pace down <laughs> in order for That's us to like, yeah. run together. <laughs> But it, I mean, that was a good time. That's part. It was of it. a good time. There, you know, yeah. was, you get a couple little video clips to prove that I did it. But that was, you know, that was about it. Right. What, what got you into running? Was it? Were you? I don't remember. Were you a runner before you joined in the service, or is that part of what really helped you take off with running? Or how did you end up becoming a runner, among other things? Yeah. I would. Well, I started like in high school. I was. I was a runner. I did track and field and cross country. Um, and cross country really in, got me into like longer distance running. And then the military service kind of expounded on that because I had to, with, with the military, I had to consistently run two miles to, as part of a fitness test. So, I uh, stay, I train for two miles, but in training for two miles, I run a lot farther to strengthen my legs and all that stuff. So it just kind of translated into, you know, two is a baseline and, you know, then I like to challenge myself and go from there you know, and whatnot. So... I've I've done races ranging you know from just a two mile two mile fitness test or two mile race to I've done I've got more t-shirts from 5Ks and you can check a stick at and uh, and I recently I've been let's say consistently there there's a a half marathon in Indianapolis that I've ran five times now. Uh, it's the Indy Mini, uh, Indianapolis Mini Mar Mini Marathon. So, and it's part of like the Indy 500. Uh, each May, or like May festivities, that is really cool because the, the half marathon starts downtown, and then you run out to the racetrack, run a, a lap around the. Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and then come back downtown. So that that one's a lot of fun. That was my first half marathon and my longest run. And I was like, wow, this was <laughs> – at that point, it was the furthest, farthest I'd ever ran. And I was like, that was really hard and challenging, but it was the, the whole atmosphere around the Indy Mini – uh, was a lot of fun. I was like, I'm going to get better at this. And, um, and so my goal, I've had a, a long-standing goal to run a half mile in less than two hours, and I finally got that this year at nice. an hour and 58. Yeah, it was an hour and 58 minutes, but I was like, I made it. <laughs> so that was really cool. Achievement um, unlocked. So 
Yeah, exactly. I got that badge. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, so part of it is just health and really just personal health and, uh, I don't know, just pushing myself, challenging, you know, staying fit. And then uh, the other, for me, it, it's, just a huge, like, stress relief, just to, like, if I had a bad day at work or uh, if I'm angry about something, like, let me just go run it off, you know, and I can, sometimes I run better when I'm angry, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Then I feel better when I get home from it. Uh, But, yeah, so it's, it started in high school, and then uh, I, kind of I, I lost a little bit of discipline for a year in college but then I was like I need to get back on this train so I started running I got back in shape and I joined the military and they're like hey we want you to run everywhere so I've just really made it uh, more of a priority because now it's part of my career so it uh, just kind of career and life and the other nice thing is with run, you know, it's like there's a lot of T-shirts out there like "We'll run for beer." Well, you know, that's that's what I do now. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go run, and I'm gonna enjoy this new stout that I got because I just mm-hmm. left all those calories on the street. Yep. Um, and then, and also, uh, like running to to breweries, I'll look breweries up and I'm like, okay, me. Run to that one, and so my so far my farthest brewery run is has been three miles out to a brewery, and then three miles back for a six mile run. But yeah, that's actually a lot of fun, and part of it is the adventure of just finding it. Like, okay, I have a goal at the end of this run, and then discover new new territory, and then go get back home, uh, stuff like that. So trying to just keep it fresh, introduce new variables to the running aspect. It's cool. Six miles, six miles to drink beer. That's, I'm, that is (laughs) amazing to me that that happens. (laughs) Yeah. I am thoroughly impressed by that. Yeah. That was one thing I was reading a lot of, uh, just different articles about running and uh, like about craft beer and stuff. And there's a, a lot of breweries sponsor 5K. And, and there was, it was actually an article like people that drink craft beer are healthier because you know, they have healthy lifestyles and you know their favorite breweries are involved in the community and you know they sponsor a 5K or they donate to something and so that gets the you know, the people that support you know support that brewery to you know get out and, and do stuff and okay it reminds me there's a uh a, it's actually a, a running series uh it's called run three run three one seven three one seven being the area code of indianapolis and uh the the local brewery is Three Wise Men, which is owned by Scotty's Brewhouse, they they sponsor this series of five races in down around downtown Indianapolis in the different neighborhoods, and the, and they're they're five Ks. It's three point one seven miles um, each race, but it goes through ones downtown, ones in Fountain Square, and um, other cool neighborhoods, and but then the cool thing is after each race, you get two free beers. So mm-hmm. you go run a 5K and then hang out for after a race party and have a beer and then go home kind of thing. Uh, and so that's a lot of fun. That, that's one of my favorites, too. I've done that two years now. So Nice. I love Scotty's. That's the place I had a peanut butter burger for the first time. It was weird but right. enjoyable. yeah. I know. I was like, are you sure about this? Like, just try it. <laughs> now I'm hungry. 
Uh, I've always wondered, I've never asked, what was the um, reason that you joined the military? I know your dad served, but I don't know if any other of your family members served in the military or if it was kind of like, uh, well, I know uh, it's always a personal, you know, decision to be able to do that. But what what kind of spurred you on to to join and serve our country? Um, Yeah, I... It, it was in our family. My my dad was in the Air Force, and two of his brothers were in the Army. And then my grandpa, my dad's side, was in the Army, and my grandpa, my mom's side, was in the uh, Merchant Marines, Marines, the Merchant Marines, excuse me. And so, so I was kind of I was surrounded by that, and I grew up with my one uncle. Um, Uncle Dorn, we we would visit them frequently, and he was always you know he, he was either traveling and we saw him because he was nearby with the military, or we would go to his house and he lived he was active duty, so he lived at a base, so we would be on a base and just surrounded by that. So that was cool, like it was just normal, like that was life growing up. And then I I wanted to I, I was inspired by that and was interested in serving, uh, but initially my it was kind of strange. I, my dad told me he's like you're you got college lined up. You need to go to school and get a degree and then you can think about going in the military. And I was like, okay, uh, Roger, Dad, yeah, I can do what, my, do what my parents said growing up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but there there was also a couple of my friends in high school, they, they went into the military right after high school. And so I kind of felt, a little bit bad about that. I was like, man, like you're doing this awesome thing and I'm just going to college. Uh, And so, uh, but I stayed the course with college for a year and then uh, I still wanted to go and I would just kind of keep tabs on what was going on with the military and, you know, my college had an ROTC program, so I would see students uh, in uniform periodically. Uh, and then one day, my it, it was my sophomore year, my dad uh, told me, he's like, he, we were talking, and he's like, hey, I heard a ra- uh, an ad on the radio for the National Guard. You should... Uh, maybe you should go see what they have to offer, you know, for college mm-hmm. uh, funding and, and things like that. And for me, like I, I really just part of me, like I wanted to serve, and part of me, I was at a point in my life where, like, I need a little bit of help to be in shape. I need some motivation. Mm. And so that really like kind of like you know, military it's got more discipline which is similar to what I grew up with and you know, I really like that. So when my dad told me to go talk to the National Guard in my mind that was his blessing that you can you know you join the military or you know, and serve serve our country. So I didn't even, I didn't, oh, what is it? I I didn't wait. There was no delay. I was like, Roger, Dad, I'll see what they got. So I was out the door and in the recruiter's office. And uh, so talked to them and was like, yeah, I want to do this. What are my options? And uh, they lined me up with with a, a few things and I started out as a truck driver, 
Uh, I was uh, an 88 Mike transportation uh, specialist to drive truck and move cargo. And so that was pretty cool. I went to basic training, AIT, and uh, AIT advanced individual training to teach me to drive trucks, which is what I've been doing since I was 14 anyway. <laughs> so I did that. And then uh, after I got with my unit, they, the, the platoon sergeant was uh, encouraged me to get involved with the ROTC program to become an officer. He's like, hey, you really need to think about this. You'd be a good leader, and you know, you you work hard and take care of soldiers and our team players. So you you really need to think about it. And I pushed back and it's like, no, I, I like what I do. Hmm. Um, uh, like my team here, my squad. I don't want to leave. He's like, but you do good things. It'll be really good for you. And so finally, I went and talked to them, and that kind of just branched my career path from enlisted and into the officer side and I became an engineer, which definitely fits a lot better with my you know, civilian education as a, a planner and things like that. So, and, and now I'm like, it's one of those things, like I just love it. You know, like people say, like, if you, if you love your job, it's not work, and that I'm, I am fortunate that that's where I'm at. And like, nice. Yeah, you know. And so a lot of times I tell Rachel, like, you need to go make money so I can just do the National Guard for fun. And <laughs> it's like, you already do it for fun. It's got nothing to do with me. I I remember um, years and years ago, uh, probably back in high school. When y- you and your dad and your brother were like always on some sort of a scrapping run or uh, doing an odd job like digging something out of some mud or, you know, interesting things to me anyways because I love my dad, but that's not – that is not his thing. So I never dealt with tools growing up or any of that stuff. So it was fun when I got to tag along with you guys sometimes. Um uh, I don't remember if you remember or not. One night at the trailer park you guys lived in for a little while, your dad somehow got the responsibility or opportunity to scrap a trailer. Oh, yeah. um, and you and your brother and me and your dad, and there were other people there, and I don't remember who. We were having a lot of fun, basically just, like, tearing this place apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it, oh, it almost reminded me of, like, a movie scene because, like, someone actually fell through the roof, and then everybody laughed because it was funny and he didn't get hurt, and we were, like, pulling right. things apart. Um, yeah. What That was just, like, uh, your dad um, making ends meet, right? I mean, teaching you how to work hard and take care of the family and doing whatever it was that needed to be done. Yeah, um, part of it. I mean, that was primarily it, the the odd jobs and, you know, you said, like, cleaning something up or pulling something out of the mud or whatever. Um, that was, yeah, that, that was just a – overall, that was a way to make ends meet um, and just make sure that we had – money for for everything you um it's funny you bring up the the trailer project because that was the uh so there was like a fire in um that that trailer had caught well i don't know like a small kitchen fire or something but like they were done with it and it uh so what actually happened there was keep in keeping with dad's effort to uh, just haul stuff away, clean stuff up, make ends meet, find scrap and whatever. Uh, 
I actually wrote a proposal to the owner of the entire trailer park and basically like, I don't know, like a, what do you, what do you call it? Uh, it was an RFP, a request for proposal. Uh, yeah. I sent the trailer park owner an RFP and said, you know, I've, uh, in so many words, it was like, my dad and I and brother, we will, we offer you to clean up this trailer and haul it away for $500 plus whatever money we make from the scrap and anything that's, you know, the scrap metal and stuff inside of it. And they accepted it. And, you know, they, I, I, as we got into the middle of that project, I was like, man, I totally undersold ourselves on this thing because it was a lot. <laughs> but, I, gosh, I was – I might have been in high school. I was like ninth or tenth grade, and I wrote, a, I wrote an RFP to – a business owner and said, hey, you know, we will clean this up for for this cost plus whatever revenue we make from from the overall cleanup project. And they accepted it and, like, signed it and sent it back. And I was like, Check, oh, wow, <laughs> like, I, just, I just got a job. <laughs> That's so, nice. Yeah, so we worked on it, you know, and I think it might have been, like, a – it, it was over the course of the summer, so you know we just we got up and we got after it, and it would, Dad would get home from work and he would help us with bigger stuff and whatnot, and just kind of make sure that we were doing everything okay, being safe, mostly safe about it. You know, well, I'd say most <laughs> mostly <laughs> safe because the one time I was there, I only remember it being dark out. <laughs> I don't remember what yeah. time of day or night it was exactly, but the sun was definitely down. There was definitely a lot of activity going on, and your dad was like super cool about everything going on. And I, yeah, you know, being a little more of a sheltered kid, was like, "This is really cool," but I'm kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Oh man, you were so grown up even. Yeah, right. You were so grown up even then. Back in well, yeah, you were you were like a grown up back in high school even. Not in a bad way, yeah. but like if something needed to happen, like. Cecil, you were the one that would get it done. You would write the RFP yeah. or you'd have a game plan or if we're all hanging out and something had to happen and it hadn't happened yet, you'd take charge and go, all right, guys, you and you do this and you and you do this. And there's still, to this day, Abby and I talk about how there's nothing like a Pendleton bonfire. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I've been to bonfires since then and I think they're fun and everything, obviously, but yeah, man, you guys still you're you're high bar. No one's really come. we got it. And yeah, no, they've not come anywhere seriously close. Like they've had some. I've had some cool bonfires since then, but those are those are something else. Do you remember the time? Um, I don't even know what year it was. Late nineties, I guess. Uh, when that Bruce Willis movie came out, Armageddon. Yeah, and and we went and saw it. And I don't know if it was the same day or if it was later on. We went on a scrap job and got a fire going. And among the numerous objects we threw in the fire, just because it was fun to watch things burn, uh, was a tire that was still inflated. We were like, oh, this is going to be great. It'll just like do a little pop and sizzle and whatever. But it actually exploded. Do you remember this or not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm it went, debris sure. went flying, and we hit the ground thinking, <laughs> yeah. you know. Sparks were uh, flying. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes an asteroid run. Um, yeah. I was like, uh, like, yeah, like kids are like diving. Like, <laughs> like six or seven of us just like, ah. Yeah. My, Look, our imagination's like got the best of us. Too, so we had like, yeah. Oh, man. But, but then... The the kicker to that was like after a long while after, but 
afterwards, like, I don't know if it was that particular tire that exploded and sent us all for the hills, but there <laughs> was some other stuff that we had thrown in there, and it was like an aluminum rim, and my dad was as mad as my dad could get. You know, he, it was difficult to tell, much like myself. But sure. he was like, dude, you threw this aluminum rim in here, and it's all melted now. We can't scrap it. I was like, right. I felt so bad. I was like, I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> you know, next time, you know, we were like, I remember picking, like, trying to, like, do, like, the little, like, uh, gold, you know, you know, sifting for gold. And so, like, oh, yeah. Trying to pick all the aluminum pieces up out of the fire. Like, we could still save it. We could scrap it. <laughs> <laughs> But oh man, that was that was a beautiful fire. Good grief! I remember <laughs> speaking of fires, like there was we had a couple that I experienced. I think they were I don't say like they were closed. You know, it, it was just like a pro, final project that like my dad, brother, and I we were we finished a cleanup thing and. We, we were burning all the wood and just debris left over from it. And the thing got so big that we we had to back up. Like, it was, we we thought we were at a, I don't say safe, I mean, we were a safe distance, but it got so hot. We had to keep backing up and backing up. And then in the process of backing up, we forgot the gas, there was a gas can that we left up. And then oh. <laughs> the fire, like I forgot about that. that. <laughs> yeah, you know. So I mean, there were a couple times, like I found myself low crawling up to a fire, like stay underneath the heat, grab the gas can, and drag it back away to a safe distance. So, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't, I have no idea how we didn't kill ourselves when we were so young to do with some of that stuff, right? I mean, we were the kids that were riding bikes down the railroad track because we thought it was cool and then had to get out of the way when we heard one coming. Yeah. Um, Amen. Oh, I... Well, I, I mean, it's like all those, that, like, those ridiculous, like, 90s memes. Like, I survived the 90s. What's wrong with you? Don't be a wimp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It was... Yeah. Like, I don't know how I survived. Uh, I grew up some crazy, crazy stuff. But. I still have some. I should post it on YouTube now that I have some people that actually watch it. Some of those videos that we did uh, when we went to that camp with your dad and yeah, up in Wisconsin, Camp Joy. Uh, yeah, that was so much we fun. Like, it was so stupid though. Posting our bikes down the hill and stuff and bailing off them. <laughs> yeah, on purpose. We on purpose we would hit the bottom of the the thing going full speed bottom of the hill and throw ourselves off the back or the side of the bike to make it look as cool as possible and roll and I yeah. you know we never broke any bones but, or anything but it's a, it's a miracle right. we hit, we didn't yeah well it's like uh, like we don't have cars to dive off of so we're just gonna like bail off our bike so mm-hmm. like cool action stars <laughs> stuntmen I wanted to be a stuntman yeah so much, and you know right. the whole one. Well, the one I thing probably is what I'm telling myself. That's why I, I didn't end up being yeah. that man. There are a bunch of other reasons that never would have worked out, but that's the one reason I just tell myself and leave it. At that. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. No, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah, it was. Now we have beer to take to fires and stuff. I mean, who knows what's gonna happen? The future. Yeah, no kidding. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so let's let's take a step back here, if you can. Think back for me to. I don't remember the first time we met, but I I remember around the time that we met and kind of how differently we interacted back then. Probably mostly because of age, but also because of upbringing and how we interact now. Um, as an example with the whole drinking beer thing, it, on my end growing up, it was <laughs> totally taboo. Like you, if you were uh, oh, yeah. a good Christian and you went to church, like you didn't drink, you didn't have beer, let alone, you know, bourbon or scotch or other things that you and I enjoy now because we can understand the 
the reasonable use of them and the art and work and effort that goes into making a beautiful product like that, you know? I don't know. Talk to me a little bit about Man. how you think, you know, both of us have changed from then until now and whether you're happy with it or you think maybe that you wish things would have gone a little differently. Um, this is long and rambling and I apologize. Um, we even at one point planned to move to Colorado together and the plan fell apart and yeah. ended up being a good thing that it fell apart. But every once in a while I think, man, how different would our lives have been had you and I moved to Fort Collins back in the day um, versus the way things did go. Right. Oh, man. Um, well, yeah, like you mentioned early on, so it was like sixth grade that we met. I remember meeting you in the, our high school youth group, and mm-hmm. I had just started going to that church, but apparently you had – you had some history there, moved away, and then came back, and we're back in um, same church, new location kind of thing. Yeah, that particular um, church, whether or not you knew it, I guess. I was a member, if you can call me that, or at least my parents were, when I was born. Yeah. Back when they were meeting oh, wow. in um, the then pastor's home. House, yeah. yeah. They, like, it was... I don't know a lot of the details, but basically my whole life up until that point, and then even years after, that is where I I counted as my church home. Obviously okay. not anymore, but up until that point, yeah, it was yeah my whole my whole life wow. and up until that point. So I had since I had just started going to the church, I'm like, oh, this it was a new place, and prior for me, prior to that, I was in a Baptist setting of, of some sort. My parents were Southern Baptist. My dad was, um, he was actually working to become a, a pastor in a Baptist church. And then we started going to a non-denominational church, and that was a whole different, it's like going from incredibly disciplined to, you know, do what you want. And, not that. and that, that for me in sixth grade, that was the the extreme. I was like, this is actually kind of fun. Um, okay. And then uh, I met you. I, met, I don't, I remember meeting you like in the upstairs room because that's where like the junior high kids went to in this small youth group place. And, uh, <laughs> You're that, right. Oh my god, yeah. that ended up being like an office and like a whole bunch of other things later on. But that yeah, was a whole, whole different thing. But that was the youth room, and wow. uh, or like the junior I high. I forgot about room. that. Yeah, and uh, like I, I, I just think like you had, I'll say, long hair. Like long hair was like. Uh, the standard. The, it, I mean, it was it was a regular boys' cut for the the nineties. Uh, oh yeah. It, I mean, it was down to like your ears. It was past your ears, like cheekbone or something. Like a, a I don't know. You have cool hair, and I had short Baptist hair, and I was like, yeah. But you know, for somehow, like I don't remember. What it was, we actually how we actually connected. Just like, hey, I'm Cecil. Welcome. You're like, I'm Joel. I've been going to this church for six years. I'm like, really? <laughs> but when we both had like similar, just laid back personalities. Like, hey, you know, you know, let's work hard and do great things. And I was like, hey, you know that I like that. I work hard and. I hope it works out for the best. And so, you know, we started hanging out. Um, and we were, yeah, both of us were, like, deeply involved in youth group and all that stuff and the music scene and, uh, you know, at least what the, the cool music for 
our time period, you know, the nineties. Like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> like I, I I was just Dude. breaking away from uh from like hymnals and all the whatever stereotypes like gospel music and you're like check out this this rap music and this Christian rock music and I'm like what? Like are you sure that's Christian? Like, yeah, this is awesome. And then like we we grew like we were always like pushing the the or like you were you were and I was you were, I was like tagging along and like man this is so cool like going to like I remember you introduced me to John Rubin and Bleach and and uh, oh gosh who else where else do we go Thousand Foot Crutch and you know stuff like that and I was like oh my gosh like this is really cool stuff. Um, yeah, and then now we're, I don't know, I still feel like we're kind of pushing the edges and, ha- you know, we have intellectual conversations that aren't just like the Bible says and we're just going to follow along. It's like, well, does that make sense? Um, and what does, how, how does that impact my family? How does it impact uh, life and work and Things like that. So it, uh, you know, and even and part of one thing I've always thought was really cool about us was like no matter where we were at or and even and quite literally the world when we've both been around the world and separated for years at a time, but yeah. You you have helped me with keeping up uh, with technology and social media and Twitter and stuff, so that I can I can you know, we can drop a line, we can stay connected even when we're around the world from each other, and and we've grown up that way, and you know, we've survived a lot of hard times together and stuff like that, and so. So it's cool, and and one thing like for me, like my wife Rachel is the probably as polar opposite of me as you can get in like beliefs and life philosophy and politics and things like that, you know. But but the but but we agree on. You know, what matters? We, we we agree on family. We agree on values and you know treating others the way we want to be treated and you know community outreach and making the world a better place kind of thing and you know uh-huh. and sometimes like you read the Bible like you go to the Bible like because for me like it, I was I have this Baptist foundation that sometimes doesn't make sense and so I just was like you know what my my friendship my relationship you know with you and with Rachel is more important than this thing that doesn't make sense or you know this belief of why why is that so important uh, well it doesn't matter you know we need to be there for each other and so that's and and not be afraid to to try new things and so i uh yeah is i guess it's kind of circle back like how did we meet what are we now would we change things I wouldn't change anything. Um, it's the I sometimes like you mentioned Colorado, and that was that was a really big dream for me as well. Like Colorado just seems so awesome and like outdoorsy and mountains. I love the mountains, uh, but. Yeah, I mean, we're we're already separated from Indy to Chicago, and that's hard enough to get together. You know, I'm glad we didn't 
end up, one of us end up in Colorado and one not. And like, man, I yeah. never see you now. But, uh, but the, the one, one thing with response to that, it's like, you know, you can visit things. You know, you can, that, that's one thing I've learned getting a little bit more grown up is just travel. Travel is a huge opportunity and, and sharing that experience with your friends. And so that's one cool thing. Like both of us travel, I would say fairly regularly. We go to new places and share pictures and, you know, Hey, I found this beer and on the East coast or I found this beer in California or, you know, gosh, where'd you go last? You were up in, or, yeah, you, you Re- went to New York, didn't Recently. You? Yeah, I taped the commercial. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, you know, um, like... That was fun. One thing that people miss out on is they'll hold on to some... hold on to a belief or something their parents gave them and miss out or lose out on family or friends being older and whatnot. So like for me, family has taken on, as I've grown up, family has a completely, it's not a new definition, but it's a different definition than my biological brothers and sisters. I mean, I I think of you as my brother, you know, your family is my family. And so, you know, when we can get together, we make that happen. And, Gosh, I mean, sixth grade, that was... Oh, don't think about how many years ago it was. Don't do it. (laughs) Okay, don't do it. I mean, mean, we've literally grown up together. and uh, We've been at each other's weddings. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we've we've been at each other's weddings. We've been at family funerals. We've been, like, I mean, we've lived life together. And even though we've spent periods of time where we didn't talk for months, not because we had any disagreements, but because life's busy and you yeah. don't always think to follow up with somebody. I, I right. love and respect but, but the you fact. Know you're there. And I'm exactly like, I'm thankful for the fact that every time we get to talk, we can pick up right where we left off. And there's, it, yeah. it, it at least seems like there's been no time that's passed. Now there is, and we get to tell stories and stuff, but that camaraderie and that, care and whatever you want to call it is there and it's it's nice to know that yeah. it's there even if we're not interacting and we can pick up later on um right, super yeah. easily or we could show up on each other's doorstep and be like i need help I'm like dude get in here <laughs> i got you, <laughs> you know? yeah yeah so, yeah that's happened sure. i i moved back from europe and was like dude i don't have a place to live so i lived with you guys for like <laughs> three weeks or something you're right um, yeah it was fun being a kid, and I think it's it's still fun being an adult and being friends with you, but it's, you know, more work because you got bills and, like, adult yeah. things to worry about. I know, um, right? Gets in the way. Run and drink beer. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, you know, hey, goals, right? Life goals. That's just what you're Right, yeah. I am currently drinking that 2016 barrel-aged Richie. Oh, wow. It is the Imperial Porter, uh, aged in Woodford Reserve, double oaked barrels, uh, and Nicaraguan rum barrels, and Cobalt oh, rye barrels. So apparently it's, yeah, I'm reading all the fine print right now. Anyways, you don't have to wait for it anymore. It tastes great. Okay. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm about to finish it. So whatever that means. Nice. It's um. I'm on the third cool. and final pour of the bottle, and it's it's wonderful. It's a little thinner than I expected it to be, but okay. um, definitely, definitely enjoying it. Continuing with with your comment there, I've got a sex. It's called Murder by Pumpkin. Um, it's by, yeah. nice. Uh, yeah, it's Indiana City Brewing, uh, local out of Indianapolis there, and. Seasonal fall pumpkin beer. It's actually really good, and it's bourbon barrel pumpkin ale. Um, Interesting. They do that, yeah. Barrel aged, 
pumpkin uh, beer. I've really enjoyed it. I've I've emptied it, and I've got like I was about to go grab another bottle, but depending on where we're at, this was a it's a smaller bottle, not uh, not as big as uh, your Richie there, but still good. Oh, don't judge. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. This is a reasonable size bottle. Yeah. It's the only one I'm drinking tonight, but it's still, you know, it's reasonable. <laughs> I did. Uh, so a friend at work got promoted last week, and we did uh, – he had a big party at his house. And I found out, like, the week before, he likes stouts as well. In celebration of his promotion, I took uh, my, the the Death Star by Revolution Brewing with me. I was like, nice. I was like, do like a like I want to share this with you. This is like, and at this point, it's the bottle you gave me a year ago, year and a half ago. I've Dude, been, that's good shit. I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, it is. It was still super thick after like a year and a half. I was like, wow, this is amazing. So we we opened that and shared it. I was like, I, I took three bottles with me. I took uh, the Death Star. I'm like, I want to share this with you. Otherwise, I'm taking it home with me. <laughs> and then, then I, right. I, I, gave, I gave him as a gift uh, the Woot Stout 2017 and uh, – Prairie Bomb by Prairie Artisanal out of Oklahoma. Um, They're good. I don't know. Or, yeah, they are. I'm really impressed with them. And he was too. He knew it. He's like, "Oh, Prairie Bomb, that's really good." Like, it's from Oklahoma. I'm like, "Yes, it is." Well, I'm, I'm glad that you've had it. Here's one for your special day. So, I, I left those two with him. But we had Death Star, and he brought out a. Boulevard Brewing as, what was it? It was an Imperial Stout, uh, like Aztec chocolate or something like that. It was really good. So we we shared, like, the two Imperial Stouts uh, that night. That was a good time. That Death Star is amazing. Holy cow. I'm excited. Hey, and when you come out for Fobab, because I'm assuming that's probably the next time I'll see you, for any length of time. I mean, we may meet up here or there for other things between then and now, but when you're here with Jer, and I think we're all going to bunk here, because it just makes sense rather than paying for a hotel or whatever. I have, and I'm very excited about that, um, smells like bean spirit for us to try, because you've never had it, and then um, the 2015 Dark Lord, which you've never had. Oh, wow. Okay. So... Nice. Those are the two that are important for us to share because I'm tired of hanging on to them for a couple of years. Um, <laughs> I know, right? I don't. I don't think there'll be any more like drinking at my house because we're going to be doing drinking at the festival, and we're not really going to want to drink when we get back to the house, other than those two. Um, yeah. But I I can't wait. This is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I have. Uh... I've got a flat 12 bottle, the uh, Pinko in a bottle. I don't know if I should bring that, but I can. Um, Or I can save it for a later date. But, well, you got those two. I just save it. It's not even a year old yet. Um, Yeah, save it. We, you know, that is one of many things I'm learning with this whole craft beer appreciation thing is, to be able to buy something and literally be in the store, if it's something fancy and special or if I'm at a bottle release or whatever, and know that I'm buying something that I probably will not drink for a year or two and being okay with that. Everything that I've held on to and opened at a later date has been good. So, Thank you so much yeah. for taking the time to chat and uh, hang out. I'm yeah, sure we'll been good. talk again soon. I'm super, super excited about Phobab. It's going to be so much fun. Um, and I'm hoping to have a new 360 camera by then. Crossing my fingers, we'll see what happens. Oh, a new one. The 1080p 360 video to the 4K 360 video, which will be a lot nicer at a, at a beer fest. Right. 
But cool, man. Well, thanks for the call and the opportunity to to chat with you and be part of your webcast. This has been a good time. I look forward this to actually great. like toasting glasses and kicking back with you here in the near future. That will be excellent. We'll get out my new for camera sure. and we'll sit there and we'll we'll open a beer and like talk about it in 360 degrees somewhere. <laughs> Beautiful. It'll be fun. That'll be excellent. For sure, man. Okay, cheers, man. Have a good night. Cheers. You too, brother. Bye. All right, bye.